let's <clears throat> hello okay let's do do it do it do, um let's do the thing um let's do the thing isn't that what we always do just kind of do the thing you know the like we're the always thing. yeah the thing the thing we always do the thing gus We've been we've been sitting on this episode for a while. We've been sitting on a couple episodes Part, for a while. Partially I feel like. on purpose with this one. Yeah. Partially just lack of time. Lack of time. But the, for this movie in particular, The uh-huh. Northman. Yeah. I wanted to make sure that I spent a lot of time researching the film before right. we discussed it. I remember you telling me that after you had watched it. Because you, you, like, you asked if I wanted to record like when we got home. And I was like, right. dude, I need to wait. Like, you were like, I, like I have some... a whole lot. Yeah. I need to process. And, and the diff- I, I had already seen it That was your second before. time. That was my second yeah, time. So I had already done the, I had done the deep dive before you and I had, had gone and watched it together. And, uh, well, since, I mean, you're the one who... Who took the most recent deep dive? You, you, yeah. What do you, um, tell me what you uh, what you think after your after your uh, your uh, sojourn through the Robert Eggers file, dude. I after after spending some time actually researching it, getting to know kind of Robert Eggers' process when he made this film. Uh huh. I liked it even more, and I listen. I really enjoyed it. In the theater, and I understand that right now that's not really a popular take. Like, this movie has received a lot of hate. Oh, yeah. Not for anything that it did wrong, but people just didn't like it. People just thought it was weird. They thought it was weird, and I really, I don't get it. It is weird, but yeah. it's, it's Norse mythology. Right. And I'm, like, I'm fascinated by it. I think the way that he portrayed this story, which is the story of Amleth, mm-hmm. um, which basically also is the story of Hamlet. Which is what Shakespeare based Hamlet on I was, was the I was, story um, of Hamlet. I was at work talking to one of my friends about that right after we saw it because yeah. the people that I work with that know that we do the podcast and yeah. the ones that listen to it, they'll be like, hey, when's when do you have something new coming out? Mm-hmm. Like, what movies have you seen recently that you would recommend? Right. And I said, you got to go see The Northman. This is the day after we went. Okay. Um, I was like, yeah, you got you got to go see The Northman. He's like, well, what's it about? And I said, it's basically the story of Hamlet, but like this came first, like this story right. chronologically in the history Is of the, the world, first story. like yeah. Hamlet was based off of the story of Amleth. Mm-hmm. And I said, so it's kind of like Hamlet just thinking that that would be more familiar. Right. That would be he, easier and, to and so describe. We kind of get talking. He was like, well, what else? Like, give me some details. And I start describing, you know, the story of a prince who watches his father die and it's a revenge story and he's right. kind of trying to find his place in the world while also finding vengeance for his father. Right. And he goes, he, he pauses for a second and he goes, sounds, uh, he said, so, so basically Lion King. And I said, I've got some news for you. <laughs> I, have I got a story to tell you? Um, oh, but this, yeah, so this movie... Or this this story of Amleth, and from what I can tell, the the movie is kind of loosely based off of this. There's a lot, right? It, 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 he was pretty selective with what parts he took from the the original story of Amleth, yeah. And um, because the story of Amleth is from a basically a Norse mythology book that right. has like a this ton of different, giant book full right. of not like not only Norse mythology but like straight up Norse history too. Yeah, yeah. Like it's a crazy, crazy. People are, some people call it like one of the most like, um, like one of the most like groundbreaking books in terms of like Northern European history. Right. And, and that it came out of that book, this right. like thousand plus long page book of history and mythology and tragedy and all these different things like roped into one. The what story I of Amleth was also in there. And what I, what I kind of took from that, um, and from that conversation um, and even the fact that Hamlet is what we compare this movie to, right, is how underappreciated the story of Amleth is. And really, like, if you think about it, how many like Norse mythology stories do you know off the top of your head? You mention Hamlet to anybody, and they'll right. know it. You mention yeah. Amleth to people, they might put it together that they sound similar. That but there's some like if you were to yeah. ask me the story of Amleth, I wouldn't know what to tell you. Right. The the one story that maybe people know is like Beowulf and I don't Beowulf, even, yeah. like 
Is Beowulf even Norse? I don't even know if it is. That's just that's the, like the closest thing that I can think of. Right. I'll let you research that. Yeah. But um, what I kind of what I took from that conversation and from my research is that Norse mythology and kind of Norse history is kind of overlooked, and I think it might yeah. be a result of the fact that some of these stories are kind of seen as barbaric, and I right. think that that's also why the reception to this movie has been a little subdued yeah and a little timid is because it is kind of barbaric it's like super if you barbaric. if you watch it it is very barbaric and from what i read too was that this is set in a time basically before viking or like norse life had mm-hmm. been had been affected by Christianity. Right. So at the time, like this version of of these Icelandic men mm-hmm. have they hadn't really they hadn't really been introduced into that world of right. kind of morality. I they I still suppose. believed in like gods and witches and like curses on people and stuff like that. Like And and the the, the major theme of this story is just revenge with no boundaries. Right. Yeah. And and that's kind of what you watch. You, it's like you pure, watch, clean, uncut revenge. It is. And I fucking dig that. Dude, Like it was super cool. If you can buy into the... And I, listen, I think like... That's just like... If you were to make a movie that was based in this time period and it was full of people who were... Who were like supremely moral and had this code of ethics that they followed and were like... Not at least just a little grimy and a little little dirty. Like it wouldn't feel to me. It wouldn't feel accurate, or it wouldn't feel like the right. I was it'd feel like I was watching like the wrong movie. So I don't even think it's a matter of buying into that. Like you shouldn't have to buy into the idea that this movie is barbaric. Of course it is. It should be. Right. It's supposed to be. It's a movie that takes place in a time where people were savages and they treated each other like savages. It was like, like you said, kind of at like the dawn of a more moral era, but right. people weren't quite there yet. A lot of people weren't quite there yet. And I think this movie... Well, and civilization as a whole was not there yet, especially right. especially kind of those, like those Norse tribes. And it feels like these communities feel secluded to where maybe a moral code doesn't really... It's, a, it's more so... Their 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 goal is more so to survive mm-hmm. than to to do what's right and wrong because right. to them there really is no right and wrong it's just like what what you do and what you don't do right and in this case what needs to be done was revenge revenge the, the which that's kind of another theme of this story is I would say patience and perseverance yeah because this what is the, is his name Amleth in the movie. I think so, yeah. I don't. I think it was. I'm pretty sure they call him Amleth. Yeah, freaking Beowulf. Oh, so by the way, Beowulf is English. Oh. It's an old English poem. See, it shows how much I know. Yeah, it is Amleth. Yeah. Yeah. So Amleth is a kid when his his father is murdered by his uncle. Right. Um, and he basically he promises. Prior to that, prior to his dad dying, he promises him that if anything were to happen to him, he will he would avenge he'll, his, he'll get he would vengeance. Avenge his death. Yeah, and uh, he says, "I'm vengeance. I am vengeance." And he takes it to heart too, man. Like, also, like the fact that after his his dad is murdered by his brother, brother, yeah, by his brother, yeah. and like once Amleth is old enough and like remembers, because obviously we like. His father is murdered. He Amleth escapes, and then we jump. He goes like, back to. He's part of like a mercenary group. We jump like forward like twenty years, and it takes him a little bit to like remember his promise that right. he made, right? And once he does, he like finds out that his brother no longer rules over the kingdom. He is like a. He works. He lives a like. A, he lives like on a hillside. A humble life on the hillside yeah. in Iceland. He doesn't. He's not even king and a king of a, of a territory slaves. anymore. Still has slaves and still has land, but like 
the fact that Amleth's mindset doesn't change based on the fact that like, oh, he doesn't get to have a kingdom right, once yes. he's once his vengeance is his. Because that wasn't it doesn't his matter. goal. His, right. his goal was not to take money from his uncle. Right. His goal was not to take the kingdom from his uncle. It was uncle. never about power or anything like no, that. No, it was about doing basically an eye for an eye. Right. It was all about again, pure uncut vengeance. Right. And right? and so, yeah, like you said, it makes no difference to him who his uncle is. Right. He doesn't care. What is it he says? I'll I will avenge you, father. I will save you, mother. I will kill you, Fjolnir. That yeah. is exactly that is exactly what he does. Kind of. There's a the the middle part saving yeah. his mother. Saving his mother goes a little Awry. Awry. Uh, doesn't happen exactly as he might have thought or planned it did, or planned it to happen, um, because at the, I guess what would the end of the second act, it's revealed that, like, his mother actually... She, like, hated his dad. Hated his father, always wanted to be with his brother. Yeah. Was, it like, excited whenever she thought that, like, Amleth was dead? Well, and he, because he had even made comments about, like, how he had made comments to the girl mm-hmm. um, about how um, her name was what Olga? Olga, I think Olga, yeah. Um, played by Anya Taylor Joy. <sighs> yeah. Um, but he had made comments to her about like how his mom's not actually happy. She's like putting on a front basically so that she right. doesn't get hurt so by she the uncle. Yeah, yeah. And I think he even brings up to his mom like I saw you get dragged away like crying and right, and, right. Like he he. He goes through this whole like this, this whole, whole thing in his right. head where he starts to realize like, oh shit, like maybe she doesn't need saving because she was kind of in on this. Right, like I believed a lie my whole life almost. But his loyalty still remains to his father even after right. that point. He right. says, okay, fuck off. So much so <laughs> to the point where he eventually kills his mother and his step his stepbrother, right. both of his stepbrothers actually, but one that was of his mother. He killed him too. The little, the younger, the youngest son. Yeah. So let's let's backtrack a little yeah, bit because his. So he see. I mentioned slavery because that's what he sees as his in. Right. He's and he's a very successful. I guess he's he's part of an army. They're, right. they're taking the army of savages. And, really, an army of absolute savages. Yeah. That like that like round towns up all the, the children and, and then burn them alive. In oh a, yeah, in that a was building. That was fucked. That was fucked up. But also, like, there's like no, there's like no remorse for that either. But you he, know, like, there's like, no moments of remorse right. where like characters are like, "I feel so bad that I did that." No, they just move on. It happens, and they right. they don't they just, have that. They just yeah, because again, in that time, it's pretty much how it went when yeah. things like that happened. And so he sees he he overhears someone saying that the slaves are going to, uh, what was it, Fjolnir? Fjolnir's, um, I don't know, like what it like his land is called. Like, yeah, Fjolnir is the brother, um, but they're they're going to him in and, Iceland, and so he's just like, oh, okay, guess I'm All a right. slave now. Guess I'm a slave. And what's that? He, what like, is it? He, he cuts says, his hair and he, he like, like brands himself, and he says something like, he's like this, something about that pain being like washed over by like the mm. the the um. Like the the joy he'll feel at at finally getting his vengeance or something like I can't remember exactly what he says, but when he said that, like that, I think that was the moment where I was like, "All right, yep, I'm in." Fully, yeah. fully jumped. I was fully on board at that point. Like, also the scene just before that, because the the first battle sequence we get with Amleth grown up and like with this this band, this army of savages, like raiding a village you get this scene the night before they raid the village and like one of like the i guess like one of the elder people is like doing this chant in front of a fire and it's just this insane silhouette with this giant fire behind him and him doing this very rhythmic chant like that imagery in that scene was one of those another one of those moments where i was like oh my god this is like yeah this is fucking this is legit like this is some the the other one is when he is in the village and he learns that he basically because of prophecy he Mm -hmm. has to kill his uncle with that sword right with like a specific sword that he has to go find and and retrieve and then that's 
that's how he's going to, to do it. Mm-hmm. And he drops down into that little cave thing and he goes to grab the sword. Oh yeah. And that like old, it's like an old dead King. It's like a, yeah. a King's skeleton. Cause mm-hmm. it has like jewelry and a crown and it like comes to life and they start fighting in that scene. So badass, So badass. And then basically as soon as he kills the King, he, he it's like he blacked out. He like wakes up again. Yeah. In that same thing, and it feels like a deja vu, but then when he goes to grab the sword this time, it just comes free. It just comes free. It was like a complete, like, uh, uh, not a memory, but like a a dream, almost. Almost, yeah. Like a a a out-of-body experience for him. Yeah, Finding this sword. Right. And then he also, again, and this was kind of interesting just to keep track of kind of all the things that the... um, Willem Dafoe's character, he's he's just the fool, I think. Right. He's kind of like the jester of the town, but mm-hmm. he's more than that to his father. The, to, right. to Amlet's father, he was kind of a, I don't know, like a spiritual... A spiritual guide. Guide, I guess. Of, yeah. And he's the one that says a lot of the like prophecy type things right. about Amleth's future. Um, and so Amleth kind of follows that alongside... He knows that he can only be successful alongside... Right. Basically his fate um, and what his destiny is in this journey. And he knows that it's not time to kill his uncle yet. So instead, yeah. he just starts torturing the entire town. Literally haunting them. Literally haunting. Killing people, setting all things Fjolnir's on fire. People. Yeah. Like, um, what, is at the, what, what is at the end when the army is like out in the fog? Oh, yeah. Like his Olga like poisons them all. Oh yeah, to and like, they like start, they start hallucinating. They start like fighting each other. Basically, they start fighting each other and like ripping out their own. They start like stabbing yeah. themselves and like stabbing their eyes out and shit like that. Like, and it's basically brutal, dude, brutal and shit. That that and that that portion of the movie is pretty short. Yeah, but it's like brutal and it's pretty freaky too. Yeah, to just basically watch this town losing their mind. Yeah. Just, literally losing their mind because every morning they wake up and everything's fine. Right. But it's like the night at night mm-hmm. he comes out and he, he starts well, to, he's, he, he's making them go crazy. He's torturing. Yeah. Them, well, and that's what the he's scene. Doing. That's the scene too, where Amleth finally encounters his mother for the first time. Right. And like reveals himself to her basically. Yeah. And she tells him all these things that we mentioned earlier about how like she hated her, his father always wanted to be with his brother was ecstatic at the idea that Amleth was dead. Yeah. All of these things, like, rushing, just come to him in just this giant, single, solitary wave. And all of a sudden, like, his whole world has changed. And the the immediate first thing he does once he resists his mom and decides not to kill her and leaves is just takes the full brunt of the sword and stabs stabs Fjolnir's oldest son to death. With just one fell just swoop down into his... Like, that was some great imagery there, too. The way the camera moved with the tip of the sword down to the bottom of the ground. But yeah, man, that was... There were a lot of intense scenes like that in this movie, though. And I think that it's important as... It is barbaric. Mm -hmm. It is, like... it's, It's very gruesome. There's really... There's no way to put it, like... This movie is gory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but there's nothing in there that is gratuitous in the sense that it's all necessary to show Amleth's... Right. Um, you know, the way he matures as a character, the way that he right. changes throughout the film. Yeah. Everything that he does serves a purpose for the structure of the film and the structure of the story. Right. You can't have... You couldn't really take anything out of this film and still tell a complete story. And I think you and I were even talking about how we would have been like, we would have been happy with 20 more minutes, 20 more minutes at least. Yeah. But, but I think that's also part of the beauty of uh, Edgar's work Mm -hmm. is that he's very, he's very meticulous and and he's very intentional. He doesn't do anything by accident. Right. Um, And so because of that, I kind of trust like maybe 20 more minutes would have been too much. Could have been, yeah. Um, but I think that that's he, he struck a very good balance. Yes. As far as how he manages the time. Because right. there, was nothing, there was nothing unnecessary in this movie to the point where it left us wanting a little more. Right. 
But also I, I could see where if he got too carried away with his own kind of creative liberties versus what's in the original stories. Right. Maybe it could get a, the, the waters could get a little muddy. A little there. muddy. And speaking of, speaking of Robert Eggers, talk about a guy who is so dedicated yeah. to the type of movies he wants to make. This is the third movie now that he's, he's released. All three of his movies have been period pieces. All three of them have been like hundred taken place hundreds and hundreds of years ago. Right. Right. And the amount of dedication he has to making sure that each movie he's done so far has felt like it came from that period of time is I, I don't think like you can't say enough to compliment that or make it known. Like right. the amount of people he has around him helping him make sure that the dialogue, the script itself sounds right. Like the actual yeah. words he writes sound true to the time period that the story takes place. The He had uh, like a Viking specialist on set during filming. Yeah, he, he had consulted like, with so many like historians yeah. and archaeologists. And he, has, and he has done this for three movies now. Right. And all three of those movies, you can feel that level just like – on the base level of like the story itself and and the screenplay and the way the characters like interact and talk to each other, you can like, you can feel the date of which he's trying to put forward. Right. And this one is AD what? 900 or something like that. It's like like 914. Yeah. The fact that he can so viscerally put you in that time period because of how much time he puts into making sure that not only like, not only like script wise or story wise, but visually too yeah. like the the actual like set pieces they build in iceland are very true to the period of well, time that it takes place even just filming in iceland yeah like even just tur- yeah turns out right a movie about montana doesn't have to be filmed in new zealand it, <laughs> wait um uh, just shoot. just the fact that he was willing to shoot on location in yep. iceland yep for a movie that is based in iceland mm-hmm. um the the amount of detail that he put into even just the way that the buildings and the ships were built he used oh, yeah. he used the type of wood that would be used at the time he right. used the techniques the building techniques to build full-size ships yeah. the way that they would have been built yeah. he built his town based off of how houses would have been built at the time right and for for the times when it was too expensive to build properly mm-hmm. he had them modeled exactly the same and you never saw everything that you really see close up was always built for real the only fake pieces of the set were in the background things that you didn't really have to see and that was just a matter of cutting costs because in focus because his way of of building these sets Mm -hmm. is expensive but it's accurate Mm -hmm. um i also read that the um the title cards throughout the movie oh um, yeah are not actually so there's the title card which is written in I don't know what the language would be called I don't know what what language do they speak Let's see Slavic no uh, this just calls it runes runes yeah um but so basically there's the title cards with the runic title right. and then beneath it is the subtitled translation Right the um, yeah what I read is that the translation is not actually an accurate translation. The, oh. the rune is written in how it would have been written at the time. The translation is just like as close as they can get it in our language to still make oh. sense. Because otherwise it, it really wouldn't. Right. And like that's that's kind of how old texts were have oh, been yeah. decoded over time. Like right. if, you, if you were to go look up a translation <clears throat> of the story of Amleth. Mm-hmm. It would be written just so that you could understand it. That doesn't mean that that's what was on. That that's on paper. necessarily right. What's so? The, yeah. um, what I read is that the um, the title of the film, when it's written in runes, mm-hmm. on like on screen, um, it instead s- suggests something more like Amleth's Revenge, not the Northmen. Oh, okay. So the the huh. he he had them write what would be appropriate for the time. Not necessarily what explains the film right. to the current day viewers. Interesting, but even 
even just little things like that, his, right. the way that he, the way that he builds the story, the way, um, the way that he has taken the time, the detail, the energy, because that type of filmmaking yeah. is not suited for everybody. It's like, it's gotta oh, be yeah. exhausting. I would say doing so. something like that. Oh, but, yeah. but then you get compliments. Like I, I read a quote from a Swedish professor basically saying that this is most likely the most accurate Viking movie ever made. Yeah. That's pretty fucking high praise right there. Which, which doesn't get much better than that. I would argue you, you can't beat that type of praise coming from in like, it's like an archeology span professor, right? I think, Someone who has studied in the history of, right. of that kind of stuff. And, and when you take the time to listen, we wouldn't know. Nobody would know. I'm nodding my head. You can't see it, but I am not. He's, I am he's shaking his head. head. No, I'm shaking my head. No, we, we would have no clue. And the average viewer wouldn't. He didn't have to do that, but he respects the story. He respects the right. art of filmmaking, and he respects us yeah. who wouldn't know any better yep. enough to consult with historians and mm-hmm. professionals and make this as accurate as he possibly can, right. which also, back to kind of our, our first talking point, goes to show like they lived brutal lives. They did. At that time. They lived some fucking... Some downright like they, like brutal they, they went through lives. some hard shit. Yeah, and they show it here. Yeah, without any sort of worry about yep. fucking people getting upset about it. And that's one thing I've always loved about Rob. Like, it took me a little while to get into Robert Eggers and his two other movies, The Witch and uh, The Lighthouse. Also, he's kind of keeping track. I hope his next movie is the something, and it's just one word because that's a pretty cool like track to keep to like keep going on um but like he kind of highlights like periods of time in certain parts of the world that are like very very brutal yeah that highlight very brutal times or very brutal people with the witch you get kind of you know during the salem the salem era of of the colonial period when they were burning women for thinking they were witches. Now, granted, there is an actual witch in The Witch, but again, it's a and period of time movie. that and in this movie, <laughs> the seer, the CRS. There's actually a couple like witches and things of that sort. Real quick point because I just saw this in the in the um, in the uh, in the, the plot line. So, Amleth is is what is called a berserker. In Old Norse, berserkers were those who were said to have fought in a trance-like fury, a characteristic which later gave rise to the modern English word berserk, meaning furiously violent or out of control. Perfectly that, that, accurate. That, is, that um, sums it up. 100% <laughs> on the nose. That is exactly what this... And also, th- talk about t- okay, talk about Robert Eggers' commitment to g- give a little some round of applause for Alexander Skarsgård for... Yeah, fully buying into his role. Yeah, my my the my, the first thing I always think about is the way he hunches his shoulders over, and the way his head kind of like hangs over his shoulders, and how he walks. Oh, and by the way, his he's head jacked. tilted down. Oh, and he is ripped in this movie. <laughs> my God! But you know what I'm talking? The way he like the way he like walks, and he's like his shoulders are hunched forward, and his head kind of just yeah. hangs down over his chest. And he walks like he walks like a fucking animal would walk if a, if an animal was bipedal like humans were. Sure, that's how I would imagine an, an animal would walk. And again, that was for the sole purpose of just showing the viewer that Amleth is barely human. In his goal, in his the way he treats other people, he the only thing that really keeps him attached to humanity by the end of the movie is Olga. The woman he falls in love with. Right. Otherwise, this dude walks around and talks like a fucking animal. And that's that's exactly the point. Because of how committed he is to one thing. Yeah. Which is revenge. And again, the the I it I felt like all of the, the entire cast was had bought into this idea too. It also it seems like Alexander Skarsgard and and Robert Eggers also just work very well together. Yeah. Like, I think they had a very similar, like 
Skarsgård is very is has a lot of Norse in his family, so he always wanted to like play a role that involved that, right? Well, and and just like a, they have a very good like creative relationship when it came to building this this film. Um, I know Skarsgård. So originally, um, this movie was supposed to take place in the British Isles, and Skarsgård oh. thought that there were too many Viking films yeah like in that area mm-hmm. um of the world that geographic geographical area yeah that's right. um yeah and so yeah. they they decided to move it east into what is i think like modern day like belarus or like ukraine maybe, maybe. You, like russia even in like in that area right is where a lot of the film takes place and then of course in iceland in iceland um, yeah kind of for the I guess the the final two thirds of the movie, mm-hmm. but did you ever watch that breakdown of a scene that they recorded with? I think it's GQ that does them, maybe. Yeah, or like um, I think I know what you're talking about. Where they the- they broke down the scene where they're rowing down the boat or rowing down the river, uh-huh. um, and they're like shooting the fishermen out of the boats yeah, like as yeah. they pass by. Uh-huh. Um, but basically, like they talked about how difficult it was to time those scenes out and how tight it was to film those right. because Robert Eggers made them build actual like Viking boats. Yeah. The actors had to all learn how to row them properly. Oh, and then they were trying to like use a camera on a crane to like swing in and onto the boat and like trying to get people to not look at the camera, uh-huh. trying to basically trying to make sure that they didn't, like hit each other with the oars while right. they were filming. Like it had to be smooth. He like basically demanded it was perfect. Yeah. And at one point the camera goes, flies through the boat and it goes past where, um, so like the two people are sitting probably as close as you and I are. Right. The camera would come in, like swoop over the, the two of our, the two of our heads. Yeah. And then it focuses on you. And for the people who are not watching, um, we're sitting on a couch. We're three feet yeah, away. We're yeah. So the the camera swoops in, uh-huh. and then it like folds down and focuses on you. Yeah. But it would sit right where my face would be. Right. It basically takes the place of the actor of on you. the boat across yeah. from where Alexander Skarsgård was. Huh. So the guy had to dive into the water. Like the camera came in. Oh my god. He basically had to like hit the deck. He dropped his oar overboard yeah and then they had to keep rowing around it just to make sure oh that God. just to make sure that they could get that shot right, right so i don't i think maybe he didn't dive into the water but like all of his stuff went into, went the, water. into the water he hit the deck on the floor because the camera was Jeez. on a crane and they were well, yeah, basically yeah. like we huh. need to do this right but the point i guess is just to your original point that Alex, right. alexander skarsgård like he he bought in like he was he, fully he yeah. gave his all to this performance right. and it it honestly showed it like shows he, yeah is it it's one of his best performances oh yeah by far some of the more if, like if not i think my favorite of his so far i would say same yeah some of like the more like shakespearean what i what i would call shakespearean moments where he's like monologuing yeah. to himself like on the roof of the slaves quarters like as he's hiding the sword mm-hmm. like some of those bunches of dialogue are like very deep and very, you know, dense. In Skarsgård just rolls with them, man. He plays them so yeah. well, and you can, you just again, just that dedication is so present the yeah. whole time from him and from Eggers and from really any everyone who worked on it. And that's what was so appealing to me about this whole movie, and what's been so appealing to me about. Every Robert Eggers experience that I've had now, now I certainly you know that like I I appreciate the Lighthouse for what it is. It's not exactly my favorite movie. I do love The Witch as a horror film. I think it's an amazing, amazing horror film. But this movie to me is like such a great example. And I know what sucks is it did poorly at the box yeah, office. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't get much love. But man, like if more movies like this could be made for the mainstream, yeah, I think the film world would be so much better off for it. It just sucks that like this is one of the times where I think it was focus focus features is, yeah, focus features was like, all right, fuck it, yeah, we'll distribute this shit. I and I'm and I'm, it didn't kind of didn't work out like they hoped it would. 
kind of sucks. I'm kind of getting kind of getting towards the end of my thoughts. I know this episode has been a lot of basically us just like talking through the film. We haven't yeah. we haven't really done that for many of our episodes, but like right. this movie was so dense that it warranted basically just like talking through start to finish. Yeah. I want to make a couple more points. Uh, you mentioned you mentioned like Shakespearean type mm. monologues. And I was watching this and I was kind of like, I understand why this story was turned into a play like this. Even oh, yeah. this, you could turn this story of into the Northman into a play and it oh, would yeah. translate so well. Oh, it would be beautiful. I think it would be, I think it'd be an amazing play. And the script, the play writes itself. It with, does. With this it really script. does. It's it's essentially already written. It's already basically written almost like a play. Yes. Yeah. And and that made the dialogue like it it was almost poetic, which was a, a stark contrast to what we were watching, like right. the visuals. Because the visuals were, were striking, whether that be from the landscape, um, to just what they were willing to show on camera with the right. violence. Mm-hmm. Um where where CGI Violence. was used, it was used masterfully. Oh yeah, and you know, I, I also just wanted to make the point of of the cinematography. the The whole film was shot, from what I could tell, almost entirely in natural light. Right. Even if that meant like the flame of a of a candle of a candle. Right. And that to me, that is like the purest form of filmmaking. Oh yeah. And don't get me wrong. Th- the art of cinematography and the art of, of lighting that comes along with that. Yeah. Um, and the art of light manipulation is mm-hmm. impressive and it takes a tremendous well, yeah, amount of like, skill. Talk about that. Talk about like all the night scenes, how they look essentially black and white. Right. I mean, I, I don't know, that but it's they, like blue. It's like blue right. and blue and black, like blue. And basically. Bl- like, yeah. Like it's very like all the white, the witch or scene like looks Basically black and yeah. white. Yeah, all the white, like all the where like the light shines, it's almost like like the silvery blue tint. Yeah, but like it looks it the the I don't know I don't know how or what they did to get that kind of light into those scenes. But man, watching those nighttime scenes was just such a treat to like get to experience that kind of imagery. Because it looks so different than what most any other right. movie like it does for nighttime sequences. And I, it, it reminds me, mentioning kind of the blue reminds me of like Mad Max Fury Road. Yes. And that's, and mm-hmm. that's where I wanted to go with this comparison. Because I love, I love obviously the cinematography in Mad Max. And the, right. the use of lighting is brilliant. Mm-hmm. But it also uses a lot of filters and a lot of right. artificial lighting to to kind of enhance right. the natural light in that film. Right. From what I can tell, this was full natural light, and it's I have such a greater appreciation for mm. what I saw in this movie. Oh yeah. Then I I haven't had that type of appreciation just for the art of filmmaking in a right. long in a long time. Because at its core, filmmaking is a visual art, and I think that this this film was some of the best in in those terms, some of the best I've ever seen. I totally agree. Yeah. Um, and that it's I don't know it was, it was wildly impressive. So, if if you're cool with it, I'm gonna give a grade and some final thoughts. Yeah, I'm I'm ready. Um. My grade when I when I first watch it, and I think probably what I would settle on if I were to watch it again is just a solid A. Yeah. The more I dive into it and the more I talk about it, has me leaning A plus. But I think that that just might be kind of me getting excited about it again. Right. I right. think as a film, probably it's an A, and it's a strong, strong A. It's like yeah, I'm in the same boat as you. It's like a. It's a movie that probably deserves the plus added to it, but like. I don't know that it's hard to distinguish an A from an A plus a lot of the times. I don't know what necessarily would make it in a, I think, I don't know. I don't know. To me, it's an A movie. It, it deserves so much more praise than I think it's getting. And I, I wish, I don't, I, man, I wish there was like a way to like sit down with a viewer 
who was like maybe on the fence about it or maybe not enjoying it and just like give them a little bit, just like feed them a little bit to like get them to the same place that, that I was when I watched it the first time. Cause when I watched it the first time, I already knew all about Robert Eggers and yeah. I knew about his commitment to his movies. And I knew that regardless of if I particularly loved it or didn't like it as much, I knew that what I was getting was going to be a, a dedicated yeah. story and a dedicated film, an overall film from the, from the production to the cinematography to the acting, the way Eggers directed it, the way he blocked out scenes. I knew all of that was going to be legit. Now, whether or not I liked it was in the air, but I knew going in, I was like, all right, this is Robert Eggers. Right. It's going to at least be interesting. I, I just... I don't know, like... In order for a movie like this to make it in the mainstream, like... I feel like you have to have examples of his work in your in your head before you just go watch a movie like this. Well, and it, it makes sense. I don't know that this movie is made for casual moviegoers. Right. Which, like, that kind of sucks because, like, I want... I want everybody to appreciate film the way that we do. Right. Because if right. they did, they would see that this movie is gold. They would see what it what it really is. Mm -hmm. But I you know, it's really this movie was made for film fanatics. Right. It was made for you know, people with a Norse heritage who who want yeah. to, to see that represented. To wanted on, to see on one film. of their own mythological tales on screen. Right. Um yeah. So I have I have a a quote to read you. Okay. I have it's not going to make you happy. It's going to make you sad actually. Oh. I had read okay. I had read today actually, yeah. just today, which is weird that it popped up on the day we were going to record this. Of course. Um I read today that Robert Edgar's because uh this film didn't do well at the box office was kind of considering making changes to his, right. his style mm -hmm. a little bit. Um and I didn't read too much into that article because I don't. Sometimes the like Hollywood reporting type stuff is yeah, it's a little it's hit and miss. But yeah. here's a quote that I want to read you um, that I don't know that you'll like. Okay. Um, basically, in an in an interview talking about the fact that um, although he was satisfied with the movie, he didn't have final cut for this movie. This was his first time working with a big studio. Yeah, right. And basically, at the end of production, they made him take a whole bunch of shit out. They made him change things to kind of fit their vision. Mm. And here's the quote from Robert Eggers. Frankly, I don't think I will do it again, even if it means, like, not making a film this big ever again. And by the way, I'd like to make a film this big. I'd like to make one even bigger but without control, I don't know. It's too hard on my person. Damn. I don't know that we'll get something like this again from him. At, at least, least at least not to the scale that we got it. Right. Uh, the The Witch huh. and the Lighthouse, they're they're smaller scale movies where his style right. translates very well. They're they're A twenty four movies too, which means right. he gets final cut privilege. But it but it's kinda like I said, this style of filmmaking has got to be exhausting. And then to oh, work yeah. with a studio that says Actually, this, you this, can't do this. This this need to be changed. Right. Um, the the title cards were added in afterwards because the studio wanted moviegoers to be able to keep track of you know when and where when type and where thing. they were. Um, but I I I could understand if he wants to just stick with smaller films because right. it does fit his style. But my this is all to to say my final thoughts are Robert Eggers. If you're listening to this. He's not. No way. Um, please come back. Please come back. Listen. Please do this again with with anything. With anything. There were rumors for a while that he was going to do a Vlad the Impaler movie. Yeah. Dude, yeah, we dude, talked about Dude, that would that, be insane. I, talk because about I like... Because I love... The, his style lends itself so well to like these types of original... Not original, like... Origin stories. Origin stories. So, like, if he did, like, the origin of Dracula. Vlad, yeah. Because isn't that Vlad the Impaler? Yeah. It, yeah, that's what Dracula inspired was based, inspired by Vlad the Impaler. Yeah. Like, you could do that with all sorts of mythology oh, yeah. or, or different creatures like, or, that, like, or tales. That gothic era 
yeah, would fit yes. so well for his style. Yes, absolutely. Like none of his movies have been in that era, in the gothic era, but that would be. I couldn't even begin to imagine visually what he would do yes. with that type of setting. Oh, it'd be amazing. But again, whatever he announces next, I'm sure it's going to be, again, it's going to be something, it's not going to be the same thing, but it's going to have the same level of dedication. And it's probably going to be a period piece would be my guess. Yeah. I can't imagine he'd do some like 2022 thriller heist movie or something, but you know, Hey, whatever he wants to do next, I could see I'm him doing like I could see him doing like a Native American story. Yeah, I could see him. I don't know why this came into my head, but like, there's been a couple movies about it in the past, just not great ones. What if he did like an Alcatraz story? Like if he wanted Alcatraz, to do something yeah. like more more recent in history, right. or like a Western Frontier story? Yeah, dude, he could. Oh, dude, he would make such a good Western. He really would. Yes, he would. Yes, he would. Let's workshop some ideas for him. How yeah, about that? That's a good that's a good idea. Um <laughs> All right, man. Well, yeah, let's We're going to close him out. Let's close him out. This was kind of a long one. We, it was it? Well, well, we had a lot to say. We're uh, pushing 50 minutes. Oh man. All right, this might be the only one we recorded yeah, right then. Yeah. That's fine. Um Your boy's about to turn into a vegetable. Listen. As you are. As I am. I'm I'm speaking to the people. I'm not I'm not talking to you anymore. Sorry, okay. guys. Sorry. It's okay. Uh People, listen, because you're already here. You might as well. Okay. Uh, you don't have to do that. I don't have to. Okay. I'm sorry. Wherever you're listening to this, we're on it. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but we're also everywhere else, too. So Correct. if you are interested in our podcast, if you have friends who like podcasts, yeah. if you have friends who like movies but don't like podcasts, mm-hmm. don't care. Tell them about don't us care. anyway. Because guess what? We can be found just about... Anywhere. Anywhere. Spotify. Yep. Stitcher. Yep. Apple Podcast. Yep. Uh SoundCloud. Shout out SoundCloud. Shout dude. out SoundCloud, dude. <laughs> those SoundCloud is freaking goat, man. We have we have some like committed listeners on SoundCloud. We do. Like dedicated yeah. dedicated fans on SoundCloud. Never thought that would be a thing. So I, I didn't either. Blows my mind every time. Still. So shout out SoundCloud shout listeners. Out SoundCloud. Shout shout out SoundCloud for helping us do what we do. Yeah. Um if you are interested in this, leave us a leave us a review. Leave us a review on Spotify or Apple Podcast. Give us yep. a five star. Leave some comments if you'd like. Leave some comments. Um, please don't give us a one star. But if you hate us, leave some really, comments. I mean, if you do hate us, leave the one if you, star. If you're I gonna guess. leave a one star, you better fucking tell us you why. Better explain why. Because we'll be pissed if you leave the one star and then don't give a review we will find out one, how to get one it thing off the about platform. us is we have very fragile egos we do so if you leave a one star we will not sleep for months we will we will try and figure out what is wrong with us even though it's probably nothing wrong it's with you us. it's not us and it's you a hundred percent something's bitch. wrong with you yeah fucking god some people dude has anyone even... ever left us a one no. star i didn't think so not even once never not once not never not <laughs> <laughs> oh man bro oh, because we we either get four or five stars and i'll tell you what it's not four stars it's not it's or five stars it's or five stars yeah so without you fail. can also give us your thoughts so on all we're saying is we're <laughs> fucking perfect okay <laughs> i'm pretty sure we have all five star reviews at the moment i mean to be probably. honest it, you um, might be right you can find us really on any social media we're not on twitter because who is because Fuck Twitter. Who is on I hate Twitter. Twitter. I'm still on Twitter, but I, I hate Twitter. I used to have a Twitter addiction, and then one day I just quit cold turkey. I said, this shit's whack, and I deleted it. This shit it. sucks. Um, I'm only... Well, we are on Facebook. Really, that's the only reason I'm on Facebook is because yeah. we are on fake, Facebook. Right. So find us at uh, Front Row Seats on Facebook. on Facebook. We are at Front Underscore Row Media on Instagram. On Instagram. Um, you can email us. People yes. still do that, Gus, apparently. Yeah, I, apparently. Um, so hit us up. Send us an email at FrontRowMedia1 at gmail.com. I was actually yeah. just checking that before this. Uh-huh. Um, nothing but spam. Oh, so shit. Nobody sends us emails. Which I would love to get an email as dated as they are. And as much oh, as I yeah. fucking hate emails, I would love to get an email. I and would, we'll talk about it Oh, on if, the show. If, if you send us an email, we will talk about it. Um, anyway, anyway, really, that's all I have. Tell your friends. Tell your wife. Tell your dad. Tell your dog. 
Tell your sisters. Tell your tell your coworkers. Tell the body you have buried out in your tell, backyard. Tell your boss. What did you just say? What? Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, if you're uh, if you go into work on Tuesday, yeah, and you get fired, mm-hmm. tell your boss on your way out. Tell your boss. Be like, hey, hey, yo, boss, man. Hey, first, before I say go fuck yourself, I just want to let you know. Go listen to front row podcast. Tell tell Joe Rogan. Hey Joe, I'm gonna let you finish. But the Front Row Podcast is one of the greatest oh, podcasts of all shit. times. Hey, yo, boss man. Um, I get that I'm fired and all, but like, um, check out Front Row Podcast. Also, I fucked your wife. Bye. You, no. You Could w- you imagine? That'd be a great way to go. <laughs> we're getting on a tangent, bro. We got to get out of here. We got to go. We got to go. Because we're just in a silly, goofy mood right now. We are. Now. We're getting to that goofy mood. And I don't want to be saying some shit. I'm about to listen. I, am, I, I shit you not. When I say I'm about to turn into a vegetable, I mean Cinderella is late home from the ball, and the, and the wagon's about to turn into a pumpkin, and I am the wagon, and I'm about to turn into a pumpkin. Nice. Like, yeah. And I'm going to be scared because... I don't work tomorrow. Could you imagine? I don't. I don't work tomorrow, which means yeah. I'm gonna be awake when you have to go to work tomorrow. Uh, for those of us, for those who tonight. don't know, uh, me and Gus are roommates. So, yes. Uh, anyway, you're gonna go to work tonight. Yeah. I'm likely gonna still be awake. I'm gonna hear your alarm go off for at least a solid 45 and a half minutes before it finally wakes you, and I'm gonna be scared. For, 45 and a I'm half. I'm gonna be minutes? scared for your health. That doesn't happen that often. Not, well, it might today. It might today. <laughs> we're we're approaching that hour where anything could happen. <laughs> oh shit! Shit, man. All well, right, guys. Well, have a good day at work. Everybody. I hope you enjoy the 45 minutes of the Northman and then the 15 minutes of us being complete goons. Anyway, Goons. happy Memorial Day. When will this come out? Probably Memorial Day. Oh, shit. Which is why I said happy Memorial oh, shit. Day. Hey, um, and if you're off work, yeah, listen to this podcast. Check you've it got, out. Like, you've got all day. You've got all day. You have uh, Anybody who's listening, I you you have all day. You do. People don't work on Memorial this Day. This is out around lunchtime. It's actually, lunch- it's outlawed. It's out around lunchtime. Watch it on your lunch break if you actually do have to work. There are a select few of us who do. Well, and listen, I'm in that boat with you. Not all heroes wear capes. They don't. Most of them don't wear anything. Hey, let's talk about that soon. Let's talk about superheroes. Oh, yeah. Okay. That, that episode is coming. A little teaser for you. Uh, that was a little teaser. Nice transition. Beautiful transition. G-Night. All right. Bye-bye.